everybody. This is podcast number, I think I figured this out, number 237. And I haven't done a podcast in a while. And I know if I just do it live, I'll just get it out there. But the thing is, I didn't tell anyone <laughs> that we were going to do this today. But I have time. So here we go. Um, let me just start by offering a connection exercise. I encourage you to take some nice deep breaths in and out through your nose. And really just allowing yourself to breathe deeply. Let yourself let go of some of the to-do list maybe, or some of your worries or concerns, some of your anger, maybe if you're one of those that's walking around with a lot of anger or a lot of fear, just like set that in a container for while we talk today, okay? Taking another nice deep breath here, again, in through your nose and out through your nose. Very good. All right. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about today, but I want to just get started here because um, I feel like uh, I feel like there's something we want to say. <laughs> anyway, you're welcome to chat in the chat room if you want to. Those of you that are new here may not have any idea what I'm doing, so you may want to start with some other videos or my intro video on my channel or something like that first because um, I it's hard to describe what I do, so I I'd rather not try. <laughs> How about that? Okay, so let's get started. Um, I'm going to go into a, a deeper level of my consciousness um, where really amazing things are said that sometimes my human Jill wouldn't, wouldn't think to say, wouldn't know to say, and it's just a different level of wisdom that I operate from there. But I like what comes through from the deep, deep layers, the inner layers of me. What we want to talk about is that it's obvious that humanity is constantly underestimating itself. It, it's uh, unfortunate when humans so readily feel helpless and hopeless, and we're not judging anyone that does feel helpless or hopeless. But around election time in particular, it seems that humans act as if their future depends on who gets elected. And that has never ever <laughs> been the case. So it's not that elections don't matter. It's not that leadership doesn't matter. It's that the way that elections are offered to citizens is that who's in office has a direct effect on your life and your livelihood and your personal sense of well-being. And you can choose to not look at it that way. You can choose to look at it as something that is much um, less directly affecting how you are and who you are and what you are and what your fellow citizens are. Um, so that there is a game obviously involved in elections um, and we don't want to present it as a full conspiracy like some people have presented it to be but it isn't what it is portrayed to be. And leaders, especially elected leaders, elected leaders consistently over, um, overestimate the power that they have over individuals, um, the leadership authority that they have. And I mean, we had shared with Jill in, what was it, 2008? Um, in 2000, it would have been early 2009 when 
it's just not very good with time and either are we. <laughs> um, when, when President Barack Obama was elected into the USA, we showed her um, a bit of that sensation of what it's like when you have the meeting, when you first find out as a, in this case, a USA leader, um, when you get the, the briefing of um, what's really going on, what you have authority to do and not do, and it's an incredibly humbling experience. So those that go for re-election, uh, they make different promises, <laughs> don't they? Um, and there were things that Obama, President Barack Obama had promised um, in terms of Guantanamo Bay and a lot of other things when he first ran that he didn't talk so much about. He didn't make those campaign promises again the second time because he knew he didn't have that authority. And constitutionally, he may have that authority, but some of those agreements and some of the decisions that leaders want to make, they don't have that power. They, it's not that simple, and they don't have that power. And it's a, some of the problems that seem very easy to correct with certain policies are much more complex than they give it credit. So that's on like a macro level, but let's talk about you. <laughs> so for your own individual life, it is very common for humanity to underestimate itself and the authority and the agency that it has over itself. And that is something that we want to spend more time with you on today. Okay. So how would one begin to further realize how much authority you have over who and what you are in your world. Maybe it'll start by some of the things that we'll point out here. All of you, reading every single one of you right now, has been in situations where you didn't like who and what you were in those situations. So some of you decided to remove yourself from those situations. Maybe it was a relationship. Maybe it was a career choice. Maybe it was an industry. Maybe it was a choice of study. And you didn't like how it, how you, it, you may have said to yourself, I don't like how this feels. But what you were really saying is, I don't like how I feel. <laughs> you didn't like how you felt in that situation. And you chose to uh, adapt the environment or revisit the choice so that you could further explore how you felt as you in other situations. Another choice that you may not have realized that you had is that you can reiterate and create extension layers of you that can better manage and can better handle the things you can't leave the things you can't change. <sighs> now we're talking, right? There is so much in your world that you have no authority, no authority over similar to <laughs> that's why we started with the <laughs> with the US president, that there's things they want to change, but they really can't change. There are things that you want to change in maybe in your world, maybe in your, your town, maybe in your home where you live or how you live. There are things that you feel like you want to change that you feel you don't have the capability to change. And in some of those things, you're right. But in some of those things, maybe with some appropriate planning, maybe some um, 
really trying different things, looking at things, looking at challenges in a new way, maybe you actually could change some of those things, especially the ones that directly pertain to you, your living situation, where you live, how you live, who and what you are in those situations. So the way that you can add new layers of yourself to better like yourself amidst the things that you can't control to better because uh, it isn't just about liking yourself, it's actually being a better, a better version of you being an even better version of you with the things that you cannot control. Okay, those of you that have children, <laughs> this is a great technique. Those of you that don't like a boss, this is a great technique. Those of you that are in a business that you sort of wish you weren't in, maybe wish you would have never started because it's not going well, or maybe it's going too well, or well in ways that you didn't want it to go well, that you have no time, etc. Let's talk, let's yeah, get deeper. Okay. Okay. Sometimes you have no idea what you're capable of in terms of resilience, patience, wisdom, responsiveness, flexibility, until you are forced to put yourself in those situations. This may not feel like creator energy to you at all, because your idea of creator energy and source energy me may have been that it it sort of feels more like a magic wand sort of effect and just bibbity bobbity boo and the, the problem's gone, the solution's there, everybody's happy, you're happy, everybody's happy, right? That isn't even how source energy operates, right? Or, or it would have, <laughs> trust, <laughs> trust us, it would have already fixed it by now, right? So how do things get fixed in your reality? By the agents of source energy that are within your reality. (sighs) Humbling, isn't it? Jesus knew how humbling this all was because there were a lot of things that he wanted to fix. And there were a lot of things he didn't get to. And a lot of things he realized, I can't fix this. Not as much as he wanted to anyway. So the part of you that feels helpless and maybe hopeless, that some of the things that you really, really wish you could change as a benevolent being, that you feel like you can't change, it's natural and normal and and godly to be disappointed in that. That, that that looks unchangeable for now, damn it, right? Because that's what source energy is saying too. Your reality was created in a very specific way to allow for all of the inhabitants, especially the humans with their very unique way of accessing consciousness being resourceful, thinking, feeling, creating, imagining in ways that no other physical life form in your reality can. That can feel like an overwhelming responsibility for some of you. For any of you that feel an interpersonal connection with the source energy that you are, it can feel all the time like you aren't doing enough or that somebody should do something, or that God should fix this. 
What if your infinite self layers, what if your, what we call team of energy that is pure source energy, what if they thought the same thing? And what if their response was, we should create a being that we can be. We should do what we feel led to do. We should have a human in there in that timeline. We should make an us to be in that time. We might forget. We might think we can do it all. We might think we lost our magic wand, but that we should have one. We might not try anything. We might forget any and all of the authority that we have over ourselves, over our being, over what we are, what we represent, what we say yes to and what we say no to. And we will understand. If that happens and it ends up being a a life where not much progress was made, not many changes were made, and it was sad and hard the whole time, we'll just be ready to love it, no matter what. Not when they die, the whole time. Your team has been loving you, proud of you, very aware of the limitations that you feel in your reality for what you can and cannot change. (sighs) Yeah, want to join me in just that sigh of thank God. But that doesn't mean we can't do anything. It doesn't mean to me anyway, as Jill, that we shouldn't try to change what we can. If you knew your team could never be disappointed in you because it understood better than you do, maybe the lay of this land, the reality of this reality, what would you do? Who will you be with that kind of permission that you get to redesign yourself? in a lot of meaningful, relevant ways at any point you want to. Now, some of you are to the point, very natural point of, but what will people say? I don't know. What will they say? And will it matter (laughs) as much as as much as you think it does? (laughs) Maybe they won't say anything. Maybe they're so wrapped up in their own reality and then their own sense of self and what's going on in the world or not, that they won't even notice if you radically redefine who and what you are and add new layers of yourself that maybe you didn't even know were there. But some of you have been waiting, almost like on the sidelines, like when, when, you know, when is, when is my team going to say I'm ready? Oh, about the minute you were born. (laughs) That's when you maybe just didn't hear it. (laughs) You were a little busy acclimating (laughs) to this very strange place. Ready to do what? Ready to be what? What is that for you? And are you being honest with yourself that 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 isn't going to change the world? That that may not even change the situation you want to change, but it'll be different (laughs) and it may work, right? 
tough, tough relationships. All of us have at least one where there is somebody that is floundering majorly in their lives. And we feel utterly helpless in helping them. Maybe they're not asking for help. Maybe they are asking for help, but it's like they can't listen. There's something else going on there. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's mental illness. Maybe it's some other internal challenge that they're faced with that they have not figured out yet and may never figure out. And lucky us, we've got a front row seat to that shit show. It sucks. Absolutely sucks. That doesn't mean you have no power over yourself. It'll never feel like enough, but pray. <laughs> Prayer helps for me anyway, with those individuals that are in my life. I, I promise you, we all have one. We all have somebody that we may feel like the most amazing healer ever. We may feel like the strongest, most gifted uh, intuitive or therapist or physician, um, friend, family member. And yet there's that one person and we're like, I must suck because I haven't fixed them yet. What if it was never your job to fix them? What if all we can do is just hope and pray for the best that they that they figure it out, that they get through it, that they own their shit and take care of the problem or whatever it is. But it is humbling beyond belief to witness somebody very close to you that you know is struggling hard. And that the only one that can really change it is them. When I talk about these things with my team, they remind me that their team loves them. They're not wanting them to be in pain. They're not wanting them to struggle. God isn't saying, yay, that person's having a hard life. They're saying, damn it, this sucks, just like we are. And then I say to my team, easy for you to say, you don't have to look at it. But they do. They're as brokenhearted about it as we are sometimes. But it is different because we're the ones with the arms and the legs and the words that we feel like because we made a self to be that we should be able to fix that. It sucks. So in a Christian way, I remember Christians saying, let go and let God. It sounds cliche, but that is probably the only thing we can do. I do pray though. And sometimes selfishly, I will admit that I can't, I can't look. If it's somebody that doesn't live with me, right, that's in a, another household or another situation, but still very close to me in my life, I just try to hope for the best, pray for the best, want good things for them, hope they figure it out, pray they figure it out while knowing that there's very little, if anything, that I can really do to fix the actual problem. I may be able to put a Band-Aid on it, but that's not going to address the, the, the bleeding out sort of situation there and the gunshot wound sort of effect. So just think about this for a minute. That's a, that's a personal relationship that we've been 
teeing up as something to consider where you feel like it is beyond your authority, beyond your control, because it is. That's them and you're you. If it were you, you'd have authority over it, but you're not them. So then we try to take this idea that nationwide, country level, global level issues, we try to hold leaders accountable for fixing that kind of stuff, but we can't even fix the problems of individuals in our personal lives that are going through major issues. What are we doing? Why do we lie to ourselves like this? Why do we try to act like our leaders? Like if we had the right leader, that problem would be solved. That's a lie. It is an utter lie. Every nation has had some fantastic leaders, elected leaders even. And when they left office, things were not all fixed. Hmm, I wonder why. Maybe because some of the problems that are on the earth plane right now and going forward, maybe forever, are unsolvable problems. Now, I'm a bit of a problem solver myself as Jill, and part of me hates that idea. I'm like, no, 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 this, this has to be wrong. There's, there's a solution. Of course, there's a solution. This is a big problem. How could there be a problem this big and not be a solution? What were we just talking about? It's just like that. Damn. It's just getting worse, right? But we came here anyway. Why? Maybe it was to not solve the problems. Maybe it was to be an expression of love, hope, comfort, reassurance, grace, compassion, (sighs) trying to make somebody feel okay, at least even if for a brief moment. Some of us are under the impression that we would have never incarnated if we were not to solve huge problems for ourselves, for others, maybe even for everyone. And Jesus is just looking at us like this. That's so sad. So sad that some of us think that we can fix the world and that that would be the only good reason for coming. Any of us that can see the big problems, we're wired in a way to be able to see that's a problem. Whether it's somebody in our love, you know, our our love circle, our interpersonal relationships, or global-wide issues. Some of us wired ourselves to be able to notice big and little problems. It is very normal for that acknowledgement to come with, I must have wired myself that way because I can fix it. Put the toolbox down, (laughs) please. Bring out the other toolbox. The one that you may not like as much because it feels like it does no good. 
Are you sure about that? Because sometimes the phone call that you make to somebody that's having a hard day or the little text message or the little card that you send them that says, I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. I just want you to know I love you. It may not solve the problem and it probably won't. But it may be a bright spot, not only in their day, maybe in their year, that they felt your version of pure source love in that moment. It will never feel like enough. Because to us, if you're anything like me, and I think you probably are, it's like, if I can't fix it, then I don't want to even know about it. Well, too late. <laughs> we already know about it. And some of us are like professional knowers. You can't hide anything from us. It's like, jit, I see all of it. I don't want to see. Ignorance really is bliss. Why did we wire ourselves this way? What were we thinking? We wired ourselves to see all of this and we can't fix it? Are we masochists? No, we're just agents of God's love. For some of you that are a parent, do you remember how good it felt when you could fix your kids' problems? When it was a problem that actually could be fixed, when it was one miscommunication with a teacher or a professor or something like that, and you could give the right advice and poof, the problem was solved and it felt so good. Those areas matter, right? They feel amazing. You are amazing as the benevolent embodiment of force, source energy, force the force of God in this reality works through us. We're it. Damn it. It's not enough. No wonder we get so enchanted with UFOs and aliens and, you know, beings from other realms, because there's a part of us that feels like, well, maybe they're powerful enough to fix it. Nope. That's why they stay away too. They can't fix it either. And maybe they, because they're not in the human body suit, they don't have to be here. So they're like, oh, it still looks like a mess. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> they just fly right by our solar system. Definitely fly by Earth. Right? Some of them hover. Like we would. Like we do. There are so many ways that I know all of us make a huge difference in this world. That our teams are like, yes, yes, that's what we're talking about. Didn't fix the problem, may never fix the problem, but that felt good, right? We made a difference right there. Every day. There are people in your life that you don't even know their names that you make their day every single time they see you. There are people that do know your name that may not want to admit it, but their life wouldn't be nearly as bright, nearly as 
They wouldn't feel nearly as loved if you weren't in it, if you weren't here. That's real. Your love is real. Your caring is real. And you're seeing those problems wherever they are, whatever they are, because there's a lot, there's a lot to see. There's a lot to see here. Those are real too. So maybe if we stop trying to make ourselves into some outer world or otherworldly hero that, that was here to show up and fix everything, maybe we can get more honest with what we actually can do and what we actually can't do. Maybe it will make us even more available here to our own humanness. Maybe some of us have been holding back on our love or on our light because we were afraid that the problems would still be there even if we love them as much as we want to. Holding back love for a group like us, and I, I think I see you pretty clearly, is hard. It, it hurts. It, it hurts even more. Holding back on the love you have for, for others, for this reality, um, for wanting good things for everybody, holding back on that love can hurt in other ways actually more than the, the type of hurt of seeing the problem and empathically acknowledging the pain they must be feeling. How hard it must be to to be them or to, you know, whatever big problems you're worried about. What will happen if? Well, you know, what will we suffer then? That sort of thing. By the way, a lot of our forecasts about big problems coming true are wrong much more than they're right. Yeah, and that's... It doesn't mean we should ignore the forecasts or the the sense of what might happen. It's just that our sense of time with those things can be wildly wrong, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I just thought of this example of some of those individuals that you may have thought of in your example earlier of people that you really, really are concerned about that are in your in your personal life. Part of you probably thought a year ago, they're never going to make it. They're not even they're They surely something horrible will happen in their life. Um, by a year from now, they're probably not going to make it next year. You may have said that five years ago. And they're still here. And the problem may have gotten worse. Their life may have gotten harder. Maybe it got better. I hope it got better. We tend to underestimate the resilience of life. And literally the will to live of all life. It's amazing. It can life, humanity and physical life in general can feel so fragile on in one way. And in another way, it's like undiable <laughs> in another way. It's like, seriously. Yeah, it's it's fascinating and completely supernatural in all the right ways. Let that work with you as the love that you are. Try not to think of yourself as some superhero that, oh, that's huge. Yeah, I was just being, I was just, 
I was just being offered um, from one of our teams that that's actually one of the reasons that some individuals sort of know themselves as supernatural or otherworldly or multidimensional bringers of light, whatever way of, of amazingness you want to think about. Some almost hold back like uh, like an athlete, like I'm just redshirted this year, coach, you can't suit me up, right? Because they feel like, oh, no, no, I'm not ready to be the hero. I think I'm supposed to be here. Meanwhile, your team is just like, get in the game. <laughs> Girl, boy, get in there. Be your love. That's a superhero. But I'm supposed to fix it. No, you're not. Stop trying to fix it. Just be love. Just be compassion. Just... And it will, it will never feel like enough. We already said that. Jesus for sure felt like a failure in so many ways. Look at all this time later, right? And so many other bringers of light and all the amazingness they did. And they pop in on, on us today just going, really? I did all that. <laughs> I was that. I was amazing. You're still talking about me. And that problem I tried to solve, you're still like, you still don't get it. Oh my God, right? But they never say, I should have never come, ever. More, more often than not, it's like, well, I tried. Maybe somebody heard me. Maybe it made a little bit of a difference. We'll never know. We'll never know. So why not try? What are you holding back on? What do you really want to say to somebody? Not to get their shit together or whatever. Maybe that is it. I don't know. But now that you know it's not your job to fix it, now what do you want to do? <laughs> right? If it's only in your authority to try to make something better and all you can control is you, what will you do? You guys, that's what my work is all about. A hundred percent. Me trying <laughs> in an eternal optimist, major idealist, and lately much more realist version of Jill that says, well, it can't hurt. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Right? Let me try. I like to try. And if you can create a system that your only objective is to try <laughs> to make it better. Maybe you'll try more. Maybe when you try, it will be a breakthrough. What if it actually ends up in being a major solution? Offered, presented, handed over to someone and they're like, Oh my God, seriously. Where have you been in my life? That was exactly what I needed to hear. That's exactly what I what I needed today. Thank you so much. Thank you for being you. They probably won't say that last part, but I will. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that I'm here as Jill. This is a mess in so many ways. I'm so glad I know it's not my job to fix it. I hope you know it's not your job to fix it. <coughs> I hope you think twice about the election and what's possible 
and what isn't likely to happen, not impossible, I don't want to say impossible, (laughs) but what we ask our leaders to take responsibility for is completely unrealistic. On so many levels, for so many reasons. We've had some great leaders, all of us have, no matter where you are, we've had some great leaders and not everything was fixed. Maybe nothing looks like it got fixed. But hey, during their term, maybe things felt a, a, a bit more okay. Maybe we trusted ourselves more. Maybe things ran a little bit more smoothly, right? All of us have different personal opinions about what matters most. I love that about us. I love you whether we agree on certain policies and issues or not. I respect our differences. I know that everyone is trying to do the best they can with what they know. I'm going to repeat that. I know as my infinite self and as my Joe, that everyone is doing the best they can with what they know. So a lot of the tension and stress and unhappiness that a group like ours regularly feels is based on a misrepresentation about what those on another side of the issues that you care about, what they feel. And it is so sad and so unfortunate. It's pure propaganda. And the reason propaganda works is it sounds so logical. It's, it's created successful propaganda, which we have a plethora of successful propaganda on all sides, of course, at this time. And the way that something is presented, it's just to those who can believe it or to those who see it, it's like, oh, oh, that's right. We're the only ones that care about children. We're the only ones that care about families. We're the only ones that care and love. And those guys are haters. They don't care about their children. How could they? blah, blah, blah. We do it all the time. If we were to actually meet some of those people and say, tell me how you feel about children or that community or that community, it may dispel all the mythology of the propaganda and you may be going, huh, (laughs) so... So we actually both want like good things for that group. We've actually both respect those individuals and these individuals and and care about the future. Really? Are you sure you care as much about the future as I do? Huh, I thought you didn't. Just think about that for a minute. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of silly if we really think about it. Who doesn't care about the future? A psychopath, but do you know how percentage of psychopaths in this in this reality, like actual psychopaths, is tiny. But we over exaggerate someone's difference of opinion or difference of policy, and we make all of the other side into like idiots and psychopaths, and you know, they're just stupid, they're unintelligent, they're uneducated, and it's just like, oh my god, yeah. So I am fine in this election. I have my opinions. I was fine in 2016. I didn't vote for Trump, (laughs) right? But I was like, okay, 
there we go, right? So the reason I'm talking about this part now is that there's going to be some of us that are disappointed in whether we're in the USA or elections are going on in other parts of the world too. I know New Zealand has some elections coming up. Um, so I'm just trying to hold space. I'm trying, I'm doing, trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to offer what I can so that you will know you're okay no matter who wins the election. No part of you that are really, really political. Don't even want to hear me say that, right? Some of you are like, oh, that's not, that's not true. I will not be okay if so-and-so wins. Well, there's, there you are, right? That's your choice. Your team knows otherwise. I know otherwise. You don't know otherwise, but you, you could know otherwise. You could know that you're going to be okay, more than okay, no matter who wins any election. Some individuals have been very busy being not okay because they didn't like who was elected or who's in charge of, of what branch or whatever, or they didn't like the policy in this area. That's an interesting choice that I hope you reconsider because your heart is so big and your soulfulness is so special. And when we feel based on our perceptions that we are not okay and that others are not okay, we dim source energy in ourselves and therefore in this reality. I think that's unfortunate. There's another way to do this. And it's not about not caring. It's about a different perspective, our team's perspective about how things are, how things are going, what's going on in the world, and what that actually means, not only to us, but most of the other people that are on the planet. Okay. Mm. <sighs> Very curious. Okay, so that feels like a wrap. Um, hi, Dolores. Hi, sister. Um, yeah, anything that you guys want to talk about? I have a little bit more time here in our little impromptu conversation. Thank you for the thumbs up, by the way. I see I see those thumbs up. And that's even if you disagreed with me, <laughs> I appreciate that. You knew I was trying, trying to make a difference, trying to make it better, um, knowing I can't solve the problems in the world and none of us really can. Um, Gaia is smiling, by the way, at all of us. Yeah. Oh, I love you too, Lisa. She just said, love you, Jill. Mm. All right, that maybe is a wrap then, you guys. That probably is a lot for us to actually process. There was a lot more there than the words, as usual. Um, I think that's it. I have a calendar full of, of things I'm trying <laughs> to offer this world, whether it's courses or subscription membership experiences. Um, I do love the podcast, and I know some of you, I only interact with you via the podcast, and um, the archives are still there, and they may be more than what you're looking for. Please don't be surprised by that. Please, if you're ever feeling like, you know, I really wish Jill had a new message, go back to an old one. Just grab one and let it let it be your team's opportunity to tell you whatever they wish that you knew today. Okay? 
Yeah, this one, it will be recorded, Dolores. I don't know when YouTube will put it up, but I think I remembered to hit record on my Camtasia. Yes, I did. So I'll be able to put it up before uh, YouTube puts it up because I don't understand their process, but I've, this is only my second YouTube live. Um, anyway, I hope this helps though, you guys. I love you so much, okay? Huge hugs to all of you. We're in a really weird cycle of energy. And frankly, it's been weird for the last four years in a lot of ways. And I do feel like some of us, uh, and I'm not blaming anybody, but I feel like a lot of humanity made it weird, especially Americans. I think we made it weird when it didn't need to be weird. And, and no matter how the election goes, I don't want us to make it any weirder than it has to be. Let's be what we want to be and be who we want to be, no matter who's in the White House or no matter who's in, you know, wherever, wherever we all are, and who's ever in charge, right? Give yourself the authority you deserve to be who and what you want to be. Okay? Okay. I love you guys. <laughs> bye bye for now.